Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. On which side today, I'm delighted to have Ryan, Ryan Sonnenberg, who is the Director of Marketing at Savvy Money. Uh, they are operating within the fintech industry, and he, we're going to talk about fintech in this episode. But first of all, Ryan, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Elias. So hi, everyone. I'm Ryan Sonnenberg. I'm the, uh, as Elias said, the Director of Marketing for Savvy Money. I live in Austin, Texas. Uh, Savvy Money is a company that is based in the Bay Area in California. So one, uh, one nice thing about the pandemic is getting to work, getting to work from anywhere anywhere you want to be and anywhere you can be. So mm-hmm. very excited to be on the pod and to share some uh, some exciting insights for you and your audience. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think a lot of people follow your example because uh, we, we we just had a small chat before we started recording about Austin, but I noticed a lot of people move from California to Austin, actually, um, including, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Elon Musk, right? He did. He did. And I... I'm I'm not a big uh, follower of Elon, but I'm guessing I I feel like I briefly heard that he moved a bunch of his stuff back to California. So <laughs> I'm not entirely sure if that's accurate. So don't uh, don't quote me on that one. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I I wouldn't know, but probably it has to do with uh, some of the um, uh, laws or whatsoever that he doesn't agree with in Austin. So um, that's what he typically does. But anyway, let's talk about Savvy Money and you. But what, what do you guys actually do Absolutely, Savvy Money? Yeah. So Savvy Money, we are a SaaS-based solution for banks and credit unions. So we add on to a bank's or credit union's existing technology platform, and we enable real-time credit score updates for their end consumer. So imagine... You log in, Elias, to your online banking. You know, here in the U.S., credit scores are really a really big kind of fundamental part of our everyday lives, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you have a better credit score, you get a lower interest rate on mortgages, auto loans. It it enables cheaper ways to borrow money. And what we've done, and what our, our founder JB Arecchia has done, is basically looked at the market and said, "There's all these third-party services out there that allow people to get their credit score and get insights." But why not get it from a really trusted, really reliable source like your financial institution, you know, who has the knowledge, has the expertise and has the ability to help you improve your credit, get better rates on loans, get better rates on deposit products. So we enable not only the financial institutions that we work with to get analytics on the full vision of their consumer, but we also allow the consumer to get a full understanding of their entire credit financial and deposit product portfolio all within one add-on solution. So that's what we do kind of long and short. It's mm-hmm. it's a wonderful tool. And for the for the marketing side, the thing that I always tell you know our my fellow marketers is especially in the fintech space or in the in the um, financial industry space, you know, if you want analytics, this is the way to do it because it's going to give you a full insight to every consumer that you're actually working with. And we and we do all that with some really cool backend analytics um, that we provide to all of our FIs. Cool, cool. love it. So um, you already mentioned you're in in fintech and financial industry. Um, we have listeners from all over the world in all kinds of industries. Um, 
so let's start off with 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 my first question um what what makes fintechs special or why is it different from any other marketing experiences that you have yeah so so to give a little bit of history, I, I actually started my marketing career at SAP. So right around the corner from where from where you are over mm-hmm. in over in Germany. Waldorf. And Waldorf, yes. Yeah. yeah. So started started there. And what I learned working there and, and what I've brought into Savvy Money is that fintech really has to cater to a bunch of different customers, right? So so for us specifically at Savvy Money we're our my sole focus is on b2b marketing you know my sole focus is is trying to build relationships with technology providers with banks and with credit unions but i also have to keep an eye on our end consumer you know our end user and the main reason for that is if they're not happy with a the product they're going to let their the the provider of that product you know who's ultimately paying for the service they're going to let them know so really for us, we're in a very unique space that we've we've started taking the approach of we don't have, you know, a B2B buyer or a B2C buyer. We have we have this human to human buyer. You know, we're we're always trying to listen to what our extended audiences are saying, not only about our product, but also about industry trends or, you know, I'm I'm really happy that my bank is doing this. And then we take that feedback and give that back to the to the the banker credit union that we're working with. So it's it's a very interesting world to to operate and to play in. Um I honestly love it. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the best part for me is is being able to really understand a full scope of audience. And then anytime you know myself or one of our marketers or or a fantastic uh um PR team on the background blast media, you know, we go into these meetings and we're talking about you know who we can talk to and and ways that we can ways that we can engage our audiences, we're doing that with a fine-tooth comb and and really trying to make sure that we're checking a ton of different boxes without alienating another type of audience. Cool. So it's it's a fascinating industry also to me as an outsider. Very. Um, and I, I can also imagine that a lot of, um, well, trends that we have seen and maybe even um well the pandemic that we've had and the recession that we're we're heading towards um changing generations is, is have you seen a changing behavior uh, have you seen customers move move differently through the buyer journey than they did a couple of years ago so slightly I would say that we're we're starting to see a little bit more segmentation. And when I say that, it's it's where our audiences are listening has changed. You know, so so in the past, it was that we could cast a wide net. You know, we could cast, you know, social pieces on Facebook, on Instagram, on uh what's now known as X, aka mm-hmm. Twitter, <laughs> LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you know, and and we could kind of bridge those audiences together. But what we're noticing is there was a big pushback and there's been a, a really big pushback in the social media space against b2b selling on really consumer first social media sites so i've noticed a lot of you know our facebook ads have just been dropping they've been dropping like rocks um, but our linkedin ads have been exploding in popularity and bringing in the types of of customers that we ultimately want 
So we've kind of been going through this, this audience first approach when it comes to each of these different, each of these different channels, you know, our, our Instagram is really now just focused solely on um, ways that we're engaging, not only with our, our financial institution partners, but also with our teams. So we're using that almost as a recruiting tactic. Um, but LinkedIn is really all about kind of that business development and thought leadership and bringing those pieces together. So being able to separate out these different audiences into these different buckets, but then also keeping an eye on the bigger brand and making sure that we're still staying true to who is savvy money has, has been a really big focus. So I would say to answer your, answer your question, you know, in, in, a, in a succinct fashion, absolutely. We have definitely seen um, the pandemic shift where we're, where we're focusing our, our marketing efforts and where we're having those conversations. Cool. Well, because one of the reasons I'm asking this is I, I, I read a research by Forrester recently, and I think it was published on Outreach's website. So you, you can, anyone can Google for it and find it. Uh, and it's about the changing behaviors in B2B and the buying patterns that people have. And, um, especially in in software and fintech is is always always leaning towards software as and SaaS etc but um so so what that uh research showed and indicated is that uh people like don't don't like that old fashioned or or, or maybe what we, we don't know if it's old fashioned when it's 2 years old but they they indicated it as an old fashioned way but the the the, the almost traps that we put on websites to trick people into to demos right because especially right. millennials and younger people who are over 50 percent of the decision making unit in b2b they they know that that book a demo button isn't always intended to give you a demo but more uh used to qualify you as a lead right so any anything to trick you into a contact Etc. Is, is something they well they can kind of sense or feel, and they don't they don't really want to do that. So those younger people, and I would say the people under forty five is is what that what that research showed, um, tend to to be very uh, much focused much focused on self serving within that first phase of the buyer journey. Uh, so the software. Uh, approach where we say, hey, let's book a demo with an SDR and then we'll move that to a BDR, so business development rep, and then we'll uh, in involve an engineer to do a demo. Doesn't seem to work for those younger people anymore. Is that, is that something you've seen as well or is that something very specific to SaaS? Yeah, well, and, and, I, and I think it's true of anything, right? It's the, the one thing that we always have been in the one thing that we're in transition on right now actually is really moving towards how are we providing value because we're we're ultimately looking at this as you know anytime you put a gate Elias on any piece of content on your website you're going to lose I can't remember the stat but it's 70% or higher of the people that click to to see your stat and for me that 30% is what I've really been focusing on focusing on and the main reason that we're focusing on that kind of 30% is if we can actually show that we've provided you enough value, then you're going to give us your contact information. So thinking through the downloads and the paywalls and everything that goes through a, goes through a website, um, if it's something that I wouldn't click on, 
if it's something that I wouldn't give my my info to download, you know, even for example, the the outreach forester um, paper that you just mentioned, yes, I did have to Google it really quick because I actually mm-hmm. wanted to download it, is behind a paywall. Yep. You know, but that's absolutely something that is very valuable. You know, that's some really great insight. And we work with a firm called Statista that does a lot of really, really good research. And we just got their latest report on B2B spending, you know, when it comes to ads and and all these things. And they and they were talking very specifically around, you know, social media ads and Google ads and keywords and things like this. But the one thing that they didn't talk about in this is is exactly to your point, you know, how are we providing, how are we providing value and how are we getting people past these, these paywalls and getting the insight and the content and making sure that's delivered to the right audience at the right time. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. So you already mentioned that LinkedIn works works well for you guys in this and and Facebook doesn't. Mm -hmm. What other kind of channels work good for you? So lately, we've been really focusing on almost industry trade publications. And I know that that's nothing new. Um, But again, kind of going back to what we've been noticing on the research, whenever we're playing at the same place where our audience is, that's always been much more successful for us than just casting a wide net. So we basically have come up with almost three different buckets of persona that we're actually targeting. And then we're finding who specifically we want to target in each of those personas. So in SaaS-based land, you know, we focus on digital. So, you know, a VP of customer experience or a a, a director of uh, consumer experience, we focus on marketing, you know, marketing, especially in the credit union and banking space tends to have tends to have dollars when it comes to, you know, technology spend like this. And then the analytics we get them on the back end is really helpful. And then we also focus on lending. So, you know, our director of lending so that they're ultimately driving loan growth, you know, that's their kind of KPI. Mm-hmm. So focusing on those three and then figuring out where to properly market, you know, like we've, we've been working with um, the American Marketing Association to come up with places where we can properly place ads specifically to financial you know, financial marketers. Um, we've been working with the credit union times, you know, cause they're a very focused credit union organization. We've been working with American banker to go to a couple of their conferences and do some sponsorships there. So I think the one big thing and that I, that I can encourage your entire audience to do is understand your, understand your audience, you know, figure out where, where your buyer is coming from, what newsletters they're reading what websites are going on to every day. You know, we've been extensively researching things like the morning brew, you know, because they mm-hmm. have such a, they have a much wider net, but we've noticed that a good percentage of the folks that are actually listening to that come from the financial services sector, which is exactly where we play. So it's been, it's been very interesting, but we've definitely seen that that segmentation happen on a much deeper level that's been that's been really interesting as a marketer to watch. I, I love the way you're using personas here. I, I recently had the absolutely um, the director of the Persona Buyer Persona Institute on the pod as well. Um and we had oh, wow. an in-depth talk on this on this and um actually what you're pointing out is it comes very close to what he he explained because a lot of people are misusing personas and they're um well basically they're creating a a persona and that are adding 
like say let's say all kinds of uh, attributes like like what kind of cars they drive what kind of papers they read etc but it's all about the buying behavior and that's exactly what you point out so if people in your uh, when your persona is is reading industry news um, and uses that in their buying decision that's that's something you need to to put in your channel mix, right? So that's that's I love that. So that's yes. a very practical example there. Um, we're almost through our twenty minutes here. Um, so so, I, but I would like to touch on one final thing, and that's that's the uh, technology or the Martech stack that you're using yourself. So what what kind of tools do you have in your stack that you want to point out and that you can well basically. Um, tell the audience a little bit more about and maybe get, can give some recommendations on. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I know even before this, we talked a little bit about HubSpot. We actually are are moving from HubSpot to Salesforce Marketing Cloud. And the main reason that we're doing that is because that's where our CRM lives. And I want to be as integrated as possible with the sales cycle so that I'm not having to, you know, duplicate reporting and you know all that kind of craziness because as much as i love reporting it's it's that's the one veil of marketing that that i think everybody fights with Mm -hmm. so we're we're moving over to salesforce marketing cloud to do a lot of that um we use hootsuite for all of our social so that's been a wonderful partnership that that they've been working with us to understand buyers and and help us you know kind of hone our social strategy there um, and then on the back end, you know, our website, we use obviously GA, we're on GA4 now. And then yeah. I think our website is just is just straight up WordPress, um, which has been really, really nice because our IT team has basically integrated um, our actual app, our SaaS-based application that we have with our, with our uh, WordPress website. So that way we're kind of integrating and figuring out who those personas are, who's actually logging into their into their savvy money account through their online banking. And, and so we're getting some really good analytics there too, which is really helpful. So those are kind of the big ones. Um, we're actively utilizing, you know, Vimeo, Canva, all those kind of creative tools um, because we are a relatively small, relatively small marketing team. So a lot mm-hmm. of the the efforts that we do are, are in-house, but we, we have some fantastic agency partners, like I mentioned earlier, and it's, it's been a, it's been a really fun journey and we're, always looking for the next best marketing tools. Cool, <laughs> I cool. think like so, every marketer, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the, well, bold moves that you're mo- making there is moving from HubSpot to Salesforce Marketing Cloud because mm-hmm. um, I, I speak a lot of marketers and typically I hear people moving the other way around. Opposite. Not, not, yep. not, not especially from the marketing cloud, but mainly from part of the um cloud mm-hmm. engagement suite as they call it now but are you moving to 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 the cloud or are you moving to pardot or formerly pardot um we're i don't believe it's pardot i believe no. we're just moving for us it's just to to smc yeah um absolutely. we we use some additional apps within there so we use you know litmus for our email marketing yep. yep um we were we were using social studio but that i believe is going away in november so we're moving Oh, wait, we obviously moved away from that to Hootsuite, um, but there's a really nice integration between Hootsuite and Salesforce. So, um, and then there's kind of one more thing that we're using to Elias because we do a lot of conferences. So we use a company called Popple, which basically is like the digital business cards. Um, And we just rolled that out to our sales team. And that has a really nice integration in Salesforce as well. So anytime that we send someone to a conference, you know, leads automatically get generated. They do digital scanning of business cards that gets added. 
right into Salesforce's leads. Mm -hmm. And then all those attributes get tagged back to our campaigns so that we as marketers are getting the proper credit. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> Which is always a very fun thing that we have to constantly do, right? We're constantly Absolutely. showing our value in that way. So Yeah, and you need to attribute the value to that, et cetera. So, and, and it's it's always yes. cool, especially when, when you pointed out that you love reporting. But, you know, I, that's that's so important to, to see what marketing has added to the funnel, especially in, in dollars. So how much of the opportunities created in Salesforce actually came from marketing efforts? Um, are you measuring that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that. And, and we're a little bit unique in that too, because we have quite a bit of data already that's imported into our Salesforce. So really for us, it's more of a matching game, you know, so we're more trying to match a lead that comes in with an existing account that we already have. Because there are a, like we're what's also unique about us is we know, you know, what banks and credit unions are out there and what financial technology companies are out there. You know, we have that insight. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's more the the activity is more matching, you know, making sure that the right contact goes to the right FI, goes to the right, you know, the right engagement tactics that we're doing. So yeah, it's it's been it's a wonderful, a wonderful tool that's been set up for a while and we're just kind of expanding our use of it even more, which is which has been awesome. It's been a cool. blast. Cool. So um, I can imagine that listeners that are going through the same migrations, possibly to to uh, from from one marketing automation system to another, um, they they might have questions to you. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I'll just add your LinkedIn profile to the show notes, so people Perfect. know where to find you. So if they have any questions, they can always contact you. And with that, I would like to conclude this session. I would like to thank you very much for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast, Ryan Sonnefer. Thanks for having me, Elias. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening. <laughs>